Good day and welcome to the One Year Bible Tour Guide Podcast. Today is October 15th. My name is David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher in Concord, Massachusetts. Today we are in the book of Jeremiah in our Bible reading tour. We will learn that the most important thing in life is not just to get along with everybody, nor is it to be happy, healthy, and wealthy. It is to be in a right relationship with our Creator and Redeemer through faith in His plan of salvation and living a life through the power of His Spirit that is pleasing to Him. It is not to take the path of least resistance. Sometimes it is hard. Sometimes we face opposition, even from those closest to us. The prophet Jeremiah experienced persecution. He was called by God to speak the truth to his contemporaries. He told them what he did not want to hear, but what they desperately needed to hear. The leaders in Jerusalem threatened to kill him. It must have been difficult for Jeremiah to see people he genuinely cared about turn against him. We must realize that we are not first and foremost to be people pleasers, but we are to be faithful to obey the word of God. There are plenty of podcasts today that pledge to offer you life hacks, and they may be helpful, but we need to be discerning. Taking what seems to be the safest route may lead to disaster. You might build your life to impress others, and it may appear that you are successful for a time with your luxury house with a beautiful view, but when the rain of the final judgment comes, unless you have been building on the solid rock foundation, great will be your fall. Jesus used this parable in Matthew chapter 7 of the wise and foolish man, and he explains, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock, in Matthew 7.24. And that is the purpose of this podcast, to encourage ourselves to build our lives on the solid foundation of God's Word, and particularly upon Jesus' words, to come to Him in penitent faith, trusting Him and what He accomplished on the cross to secure our right standing with God, and thereby submitting ourselves joyfully to His loving Lordship. So let's step out on today's Bible reading tour in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 26, as we read more about the prophet Jeremiah and his prophecies. Jeremiah chapter 26, verse 1, and I will be reading through to chapter 27, verse 22 from the English Standard Version. Jeremiah Threatened with Death In the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came from the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Stand in the court of the Lord's house and speak to all the cities of Judah that come to worship in the house of the Lord, all the words that I command you to speak to them. Do not hold back a word. It may be they will listen, and every one turn from his evil way, that I may relent of the disaster that I intend to do to them because of their evil deeds. You shall say to them, Thus says the Lord, If you will not listen to me, to walk in my law that I have set before you, and to listen to the words of my servants, the prophets, whom I send to you urgently, though you have not listened, then I will make this house like Shiloh, and I will make this city a curse for all the nations of the earth. The priests and the prophets and all the people heard Jeremiah speaking these words in the house of the Lord. And when Jeremiah had finished speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak to all the people, then the priests and the prophets and all the people laid hold of him, saying, You shall die. 
Why have you prophesied in the name of the Lord, saying, This house shall be like Shiloh, and this city shall be desolate without inhabitant? And all the people gathered around Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. When the officials of Judah heard these things, they came up from the king's house to the house of the Lord, and took their seat in the entry of the new gate of the house of the Lord. Then the priests and the prophets said to the officials and to all the people, This man deserves the sentence of death, because he has prophesied against this city, as you have heard with your own ears. Then Jeremiah spoke to all the officials and all the people, saying, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and this city all the words you have heard. Now therefore mend your ways and your deeds, and obey the voice of the Lord your God, and the Lord will relent of the disaster that he has pronounced against you. But as for me, behold, I am in your hands. Do with me as seems good and right to you. Only know for certain that if you put me to death, you will bring innocent blood upon yourselves and upon this city and its inhabitants. For in truth the Lord sent me to you to speak all these words in your ears. Jeremiah spared from death. Then the officials and all the people said to the priests and the prophets, This man does not deserve the sentence of death, for he has spoken to us in the name of the Lord our God. And certain of the elders of the land arose and spoke to all the assembled people, saying, Micah of Morasheth prophesied in the days of Hezekiah king of Judah, and said to all the people of Judah, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Zion shall be plowed as a field, Jerusalem shall become a heap of ruins, and the mountain of the house a wooded height. Did Hezekiah king of Judah and all Judah put him to death? Did he not fear the Lord and entreat the favor of the Lord, and did not the Lord relent of the disaster that he had pronounced against them? But we are about to bring great disaster upon ourselves. There was another man who prophesied in the name of the Lord, Uriah, the son of Shemaiah from Kiriath-Jearim. He prophesied against this city and against this land in words like those of Jeremiah. And when King Jehoiakim, with all his warriors and all the officials, heard his words, the king sought to put him to death. But when Uriah heard of it, he was afraid and fled and escaped to Egypt. Then King Jehoiakim sent to Egypt certain men, Elnathan, the son of Achbor, and others with him. And they took Uriah from Egypt and brought him to King Jehoiakim, who struck him down with the sword and dumped his dead body into the burial place of the common people. But the hand of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, was with Jeremiah, so that he was not given over to the people to be put to death. Chapter 27 The Yoke of Nebuchadnezzar In the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Thus the Lord said to me, Make yourselves straps and yoke bars, and put them on your neck. Send word to the king of Edom, the king of Moab, the king of the sons of Ammon, the king of Tyre, and the king of Sidon, by the hand of the envoys who have come to Jerusalem, to Zedekiah king of Judah. Give them this charge for their masters. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, This is what you shall say to your masters. It is I who by my great power and my outstretched arm have made the earth, with the men and animals that are on the earth, and I give it to whomever it seems right to me. 
Now I have given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and I have given him also the beasts of the field to serve him. All the nations shall serve him and his son and his grandson until the time of his own land comes. Then many nations and great kings shall make him their slave. But if any nation or kingdom will not serve this Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon and put its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, I will punish that nation with the sword, with famine, and with pestilence, declares the Lord, until I have consumed it by his hand. So do not listen to your prophets, your diviners, your dreamers, your fortune-tellers, or your sorcerers who are saying to you, You shall not serve the king of Babylon. For it is a lie that they are prophesying to you, with the result that you will be removed far from your land, and I will drive you out, and you will perish. But any nation that will bring its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, I will leave on its own land, to work it and dwell there, declares the Lord. To Zedekiah king of Judah I spoke in like manner. Bring your necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him and his people and live. Why will you and your people die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence, as the Lord has spoken concerning any nation that will not serve the king of Babylon? Do not listen to the words of the prophets who are saying to you, You shall not serve the king of Babylon, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you. I have not sent them, declares the Lord, but they are prophesying falsely in my name, with the result that I will drive you out and you will perish you and the prophets who are prophesying to you. Then I spoke to the priests and to all this people, saying, Thus says the Lord, Do not listen to the words of your prophets who are prophesying to you, saying, Behold, the vessels of the Lord's house will now shortly be brought back from Babylon, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you. Do not listen to them. Serve the king of Babylon and live. Why should this city become a desolation? If they are prophets, and if the word of the Lord is with them, then let them intercede with the Lord of hosts, that the vessels that are left in the house of the Lord, in the house of the king of Judah, and in Jerusalem, may not go to Babylon. For thus says the Lord of hosts concerning the pillars, the sea, the stands, and the rest of the vessels that are left in the city, which Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon did not take away, when he took into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, Jeconiah the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and all the nobles of Judah and Jerusalem. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, concerning the vessels that are left in the house of the Lord, in the house of the king of Judah, and in Jerusalem. They shall be carried to Babylon, and remain there until the day when I visit them, declares the Lord. Then I will bring them back, and restore them to this place. And this concludes today's portion from the Old Testament from the book of Jeremiah. The ministry of Jeremiah covered many years, from the superficial reform that took place under Josiah through to the captivity of Jehoiakim. In chapter 26, we are given an overview. Jeremiah and prophets such as Micah in chapter 26, verses 18 through 19, Ahikam in chapter 26, verse 24, and the martyred prophet Uriah, chapter 26, verses 20 through 23, they all prophesied the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. This judgment would be the result of their national failure to listen, obey, and follow the law of the Lord. They failed to reform their ways and actions, chapter 26, verse 4 and 13. 
Jeremiah is called to act out another drama. Early in the reign of Zedekiah, as Judah's spiritual condition was worsening, Jeremiah is told by God to make a yoke and put it upon his neck. He was then to give a message to all the ambassadors and envoys from other nations in Jerusalem, those from Edom, Moab, Ammon, Tyre, and Sidon, announcing that their nations would be given over to Babylon. They must submit to Babylon or suffer hard consequences. He warns them, And it shall be that the nation and kingdom which will not serve Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon, and which will not put its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, that nation I will punish, says the Lord, with the sword, the famine, and the pestilence, until I have consumed them by his hand. Jeremiah chapter 27 verse 8. They must reject the words of their own false prophets, whom he puts in the same category as occult workers, diviners, dream interpreters, mediums, and sorcerers. They prophesy only what they want to hear. Jeremiah then gives the same message to Zedekiah, king of Judah. He tells him that the people can avoid destruction by sword, famine, and plague if they humble themselves and surrender to Babylon. He points out to the priests that their false prophets have no real interest in the things of God because they do not plead for the preservation of the sacred items of the temple. In chapter 27, verse 18, Jeremiah tells them that, indeed, the articles will be taken by the Babylonians, but after the captivity they would be returned and the temple restored. In chapter 27, verse 22, G. Campbell Morgan offers an insight pointing out the application to our lives. Quote, when God chastises for sin, the true action is that of yielding to his discipline by accepting the stroke which he sends. When we do so, we find that the suffering is a way of restoration. To rebel against such suffering and to oppose our wills and our strength to it is not to escape it, but to miss its restoring intention and to involve ourselves in more terrible suffering. It was an understanding of this that made David, when he had sinned in numbering the people from a wrong motive, say, Let us fall now into the hand of God, for his mercies are great. Let me not fall into the hand of man. End quote. God had providentially ordered the rise of Babylon as a dominating force among the nations. This would mark the beginning of the times of the Gentiles. Israel would be under the domination of foreign powers for centuries to come. Now let's move on to today's reading from the New Testament. We continue reading Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 3, verse 1 through verse 18. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored, as happened among you, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. For not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor we worked night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. 
It was not because we do not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command, If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him, that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. This is the sign of genuineness in every letter of mine. It is the way I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And this concludes our reading from the New Testament, and it also concludes Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians. Let's highlight some of the important points. Paul gives a series of commands to his dear Thessalonians. First, pray for us. Notice the prayer requests. Number one, that the message of the Lord would spread rapidly and be honored in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. Number two, that we be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not everyone has faith. Number three, that our hearts be directed into God's love and Christ's perseverance. Paul reminds them, the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. Secondly, keep away from every brother who is idle and those who do not live according to the teaching you received from us. He warns them of laziness and rebellion. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. In verse 10, Paul was very aware that their spiritual progress was threatened by false teaching and bad companionship. They should not associate with those who are rebellious to spiritual leadership and the apostles' doctrine. They should not shun them or regard them as an enemy, but rather they should warn them. Thirdly, pursue integrity keeping Paul's example in mind. Sound teaching must always be backed up by exemplary living. Never tire of doing right. Before he signs off, Paul notes that this letter was not a forgery like the one mentioned in chapter 2 that seemed to confuse them in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 2. This was his genuine apostolic letter, bearing the distinguishing mark of a signature greeting written in his own hand. Paul concludes with a benediction. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. It's time now to move on to the Bible's songbook, the book of Psalms, Psalm 85. Revive us again. To the choir master, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Psalm 85 Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin. You withdrew all your wrath. You turned from your hot anger. Restore us again, O God of our salvation, and put away your indignation toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again? 
that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints, but let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground, and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. This psalm is a prayer for revival. It most likely was written after the return from Babylon. The psalmist is mindful of the mercies they have been receiving. God has kept his pledged word given through Jeremiah and Daniel and restored to them the fortunes of Jacob. He showed favor to the land. He forgave the iniquity of his people and covered all their sins. This mercy prefigures what is ours through the redemptive work of Christ on the cross. It is only through the cross that God's desire for righteousness and peace can be satisfied. It is only at the cross that mercy and truth can compatibly meet together. Psalm 85, verse 3 You have taken away all your wrath. You have turned from the fierceness of your anger. And then in verses 10 and 11, Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. This psalm is a prayer request for spiritual renewal. The psalmist senses the grieving of the Holy Spirit. Temporal fellowship is broken by their sin in verses 5 through 7, but the way back is clear. They are to hear the word of the Lord and offer fresh repentance and obedience in verses 8 and 9. The Lord has given His promise to the psalmist and the returning remnant. Surely His salvation is near to those who fear Him, that glory may dwell in our land. In verse 9 and verses 12 and 13 read, Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before Him, and shall make His footsteps our pathway. Now let's move on to the book of Proverbs. And here we have a proverb advocating sensible moderation. Proverbs 25:16. If you have found honey, eat only enough for you lest you have your fill of it and vomit it. This is a strong warning against extreme self-indulgence and gluttony. Let's thank the Lord for what He has been teaching us and pray together. Lord, we thank You for the redemptive work that Your Son accomplished on the cross on our behalf. It is there that mercy and truth can meet and righteousness and peace can kiss each other. It is there that their demands on us are perfectly satisfied through our Mediator and Substitute, the Lord our Righteousness. We can cast off the yoke of sin that heavily oppressed us in exchange for the yoke of Christ's indwelling Spirit, which enables us to bear life's burdens in the power of His resurrection. We pray that You, the Author and Lord of Peace, shall give us peace in every way as we serve You with joy. In Jesus' name, Amen. We have come a great distance in our Bible reading and how wonderful it was to take in God's Word with you today. And may the Lord make us all increase and abound in love, as the Apostle Paul said to the Thessalonians. We welcome your comments, your questions, your prayer requests. You can write us at podcast at newlife.org. 
And if you think that you would benefit from a written copy of our commentary on each day's Bible reading with illustrations, you can get a free subscription by going to our website and learn more about New Life and its ministries at newlife.org. That is newlife.org. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way, and may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with us all. Amen. Keep on keeping on, building your house upon the rock, and stay true. Shalom. Shalom.